This episode contains death and the handling of human bodies. It may not be suitable for all audiences. Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where we get into people's heads and find out how their choices in life has affected them. My name is Leslie Fear. I'm your host. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Because I Want to Know. Tonight, I have a very interesting guest. Her name is Ashley Hernandez, and she is with Lone Star Mortuary. Yes, you heard that right. She owns a family business operation, and she's a second generation mortician funeral director. Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. Well, let me tell you, I am more than excited to talk to you about this. Um, First of all, tell me about your family and how they got started in this, if you can. Yeah, definitely. My mom was a single mom. There are four of us children, and I'm the oldest. So um, she actually went from a sales job selling cars to coming across a job at a cemetery in Victoria, Texas. So she she actually um, went ahead and applied, thinking, you know, it can't be that bad. All I'm doing is selling cemetery plots. Is I'm not really dealing with anything beyond that. So she kind of eased her way into it through that avenue. And I remember she would come home and she would tell stories about, like there was this one, this old man. He came to her, he and his wife wanted to purchase a couple of cemetery plots out in the cemetery. And she said, well, I have these available. I can show them to you. And so she takes them out there. And he actually goes out there and lays down in the grass in his spot. And he's like, I just want to see how it feels. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I bet you get all kinds of funky little things like that happening all the time. And, you know, the fact that it's a family-owned business. Now, you're second generation, obviously. So were you always interested in this, or was was this something that was just kind of handed down to you and you knew you kind of had to do it? How did that take place? Well, I've always been interested in the macabre and just the strange and usual things. You are my kind of girl. Yes, you are. Of course. (laughs) So I guess, I guess this is the way to be that way shamelessly, but, um, she, well, when my mom was working at the cemetery, she, of course, kind of moved her way around different aspects of the funeral industry. She ended up in Houston, Texas, which is where we're at now, and she worked for a little cemetery here and moved into family services, and then from there, she got her funeral director license. By the time all of this happened, she actually met my stepfather. He was a licensed funeral director embalmer, amazing embalmer, and um, he did a lot of really cool things, and uh, he and she decided they were going to open their own mortuary service, so they did, and we all participated. I mean, I remember even back when she was selling cemetery plots, she would bring us kids out there on the weekends, and we'd spin around in the chairs in the office or run around in the cemetery playing hide-and-seek or tag or whatever the case, and so we just were always around it, but I think that we, not all of us kids are involved in the business, but for some reason, I always felt pulled towards funeral service and finding out more about why and, and the things that people go through and even the restorative aspect of embalming and, and hopefully making somebody's loved one look more than, more like themselves than they did when they passed away in the hospital bed at home. And that is a gift. Let me, let me tell you, I've, I've wa- I watch uh, or I listen to the uh, Ask a Mortician on YouTube shamelessly. Oh. Yes, I do. But, you know, I do believe that because you were around it so much, 
you know, as a child or, or as a younger person anyway, that I don't know if that desensitized you or maybe it even made you more aware. D- does death feel differently to you than maybe just the normal person on the street? Probably. And I will say I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm desensitized, but it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's a good thing because we're able to compartmentalize because, of course, we do see a lot of tragedy. We see people every day that are literally having the worst day of their life. And so there's got to be something to be said about having something special in order to do this. And I have a lot of respect for my colleagues and, and people that I work with because of that. And, and it's, it's a tough job, but people are willing to jump in, even competitors, other funeral home, um, if they see another funeral director they're jumping in and helping. And that is one thing that I loved about this business and something that my mom always taught me. She said, anytime that you see a fellow funeral director, you go over there and you introduce yourself, you jump in and you help them, you help them move the body, help them strap, you know, the person to the cot, help them lift, whatever you can do, because this job is hard enough as it is. And we need to be there for each other because most people don't understand. I mean, everybody's like, Ooh, a dead person. And it's not like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hard because, (laughs) and I agree because I think you do have to have passion for people and, and that takes a lot of, that takes a toll on, you know, obviously the people that are there and going through everything, but also you, it's almost like a 911 operator when they get finished with a very traumatic call. I mean, but you deal with it every day, day in and day out with the deceased individual. Um, and that, like I said, yes, you're desensitized, but it still has to affect you. And you're, I mean, I know you have children, correct? Yes, I have four. <laughs> okay. And, and what are their ages? I have one who is 18 and I have a 15 year old an 11 year old and a six year old. Okay. So you, boy, you got them all over the place, girl. You go yeah. girl. I've got one in every type of school. I've got elementary through to college. So. <laughs> and isn't this a fun year to go through that? Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> been ridiculous. Oh man. <laughs> it's like all the rules and, oh, 2020, please go away. I know. But how does it, first of all, this is what this podcast is all about because I want to know, how does this affect your family? And I'll get into the nitty gritty of all the other things in a little while, but how does this affect them? I mean, are they interested? Are they not? How do you, oh, when absolutely. you, they are interested. Okay. Well, well tell me more. Yes. So, um, just like my siblings and I, not all of us, my sister actually went into childcare, which is funny, um, because that's just kind of totally opposite of what we do. Right. But, um, the, my kids are the same way. My, of course, my six-year-old, he's still a little bit too young to understand. Now, the interesting thing about our mortuary service is we're one of the few, not the only one, but we're one of the few full-service embalming centers that actually owns their own crematory. So whenever he comes to, quote-unquote, work with us, is what he says, he says, I'm going to work. He stays up in the front of the office. We've got all the crazy stuff going on in back, but he still has a grasp of what happening because I asked him because he said something about well your work and I said well what does mommy do for work he says you turn people into skeletons oh my goodness oh (laughs) and for a six-year-old to say that that's so insightful but it's a little macabre and I kind of love it but I hope he's okay with it (laughs) oh he's yeah no and I have to I have to warn all the teachers of course even from my older kids if they have a weird obsession with death I promise you they're not plotting anything it's just this is literally we are just very morbid people and it's natural and that's just just how we are and that's another thing do you think it takes a morbidish kind of person a person that doesn't um isn't affected by things that not everybody sees every day do you think it takes that kind of person or do you think there is all kinds of people you know better than me in your field that 
that kind of do it and don't love it or love it and then do it and love it because they love this whole aspect of it being really off the wall. Right. And I think it takes all kinds. And the only reason I say that is because there are so many different facets of the funeral service that it, it does have to take all kinds. I mean, there's, there is little nuns that answer phones at funeral homes part-time that don't really get out there and get their hands dirty, so to speak. And they just, they just you know, dealing with the widows and, and working the services and walking around and making sure people have coffee and, and that kind of thing. And then you have people like me who watch people burn and, you know, see some of the most horrible stuff and have to put them back together and, and it, 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 there's a spectrum. So I do think it does take all kinds. Well, and that brings me to another point. So you talked about you like the um, maybe when there is an open casket and someone wants to or a family or and their friend want to pay their respects and say goodbye to someone. Are you the one that does the makeup and does all, all of the things after the embalming? Or do you do that aspect or do you have someone else? We do, actually. I mean, it just depends on what the funeral home needs us to do because essentially what we are is kind of an extension of their funeral home. When they call us, and we're, since we're commercial, we don't deal directly with the families, but when they call us, they say, hey, I need you guys to go pick up this person at MD Anderson and bring them back to your facility, embalm them, and bring them to us. That's what we'll do. They say, hey, we're dropping off the casket and the clothes. Can you dress this person and we'll come pick them up and take them to the service or makeup or you know, whatever they need us to do. So there are times that, yes, we do that or we do restorative wax work okay. for like trauma victims. Gotcha. Okay. Now I have a question that my husband actually was curious about. And he said, you know, make sure you ask her this. In, in some cultures, I know, I'm just, I'm just rattling them off to you, girl. Oh, I love it. Um, in some cultures, what is the rush to have a funeral so quickly after someone passes? You know, because I know some of the cultures, I think, can wait weeks before they have them. Some of them will not wait three days. And I didn't right. know what the what the deal was that was. Well, the interesting thing is, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not correct, please, everyone forgive me, but I believe Jewish people have to bury before sundown of the following day. So okay. there's even that rush, and they don't embalm. Uh, their blood is very sacred. It has to stay with them. So even if we go and we pick up somebody who has passed away who is Jewish, we keep all of the the bloody rags, all the stuff from the hospital, all that stuff has to stay with them. Oh, that's and very so, interesting. Okay. How does yeah. that, well, does that affect you in a different way than maybe someone you don't have to do that with? Or does, is that something you're kind of over because you've been doing it for so long? Or how did it affect you when you were younger? Um, it didn't really affect me much when I was younger. A lot of the stuff, that kind of thing, kind of, my mom kind of shielded us from up until I was about 17 or 18. And then I started going on removal, which is what we call it. I know it sounds horrible, but we go on calls where we retrieve the dead we would that's when you learn everything but yeah, she would I'm sure allow us to do that until we were much older but she would let us ride along once we turned about 16 17 years old we didn't necessarily get out but we could still just kind of ride along or road trips and that kind of thing but right. it didn't affect me so much when I was younger I can say now I I kind of love it because it's honoring somebody's belief system that they're not able to do themselves that's not something that they can do for themselves I'm doing that for them because I know that it's, it may not necessarily be something I personally believe, but it's something that is very important to them. It, it was their belief. It was their religion. So Well, and that has just, to be, yeah. what a lovely thing for you, because that has to be so comforting for the family to, you know, they feel it. You know, they can, it's a genuine situation. I hope so. Oh, yeah, I, I can feel so. it from you talking right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, because you do have a passion for it and you kind of have to have a passion for anything you love, regardless of what you're doing, obviously. Right. So what about this whole coronavirus thing? When you pick up a, a patient, because I know that's come up. It has to. Oh, so, yeah, I'm really, and, and how does that affect you? I mean, tell me everything. This has been probably one of the most traumatic things. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's, first of all, it's, it's incredibly scary because in the beginning, we didn't know what to expect. And we were just kind of watching the CDC. And, of course, our Texas Funeral Service Commission always puts out little blasts about this is what we should be doing. This is what we know now. Right. Don't do this anymore. This is what we've learned. So let's do this instead. And it's helped a lot. It really has. And I'm very thankful for that because it's kind of given us a direction to go in as to how to deal with some of the things that have been going on. But sure, sure. We, it's hard for me to go to a home because I'm so used to being personal and let me give you a hug and I'm so sorry. And, and I, I'm a little more outward with how I'm feeling and, and the things I want to convey where now we kind of just wave at the door. Hello, we're with the funeral home and we're masked up. We have to have gloves on and, and where before it was, we would wear the gloves and all of that once we were ready to move the person from their bed to our cot, but not necessarily at the front door. But a lot of the families, I was really concerned about people being upset, but a lot of the families have been very thankful. And I just kind of wasn't, I'm so sorry we have to wear all this stuff, but we just want to protect your home because we're the ones that are coming in from the outside into your home. It's not so much right. that we're scared of them, you know, I mean. Oh, but absolutely. I, I mean. Yeah, we, we have a bunch of cases here. It's like 100,000 cases right now. Mm. Um, well, Houston's a big city, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dallas, Fort Worth, we're we're not much behind yeah. you. It's 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 yeah. just a cesspool here in Texas. You guys don't come yeah. here right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just staying yeah. in my little house and just staying all cooped up. You know, I mean, I feel for the yeah. people that have to actually go out and 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 be exposed. Now, is the virus something that you can get? It's not been proven. But it's not been disproven, so oh, it's, okay. we're still kind of up in the air about what the transmission looks like from a decedent to a funeral director or a person that is handling the remains. So we still wear the masks and the gloves and the gowns, and I personally have embalmed countless COVID patients. Mm. And they're physiologically, they are very different, and you can tell. And there's some that, that aren't proven, they weren't tested. But I can tell you, this person is probably COVID just by the way that their body responds to the embalming. Oh, there is a difference, huh? There is an absolute difference. They have, and I don't want to get too graphic, but... No, get graphic. Have, I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> they have a ton of blood clots. Oh, my and, goodness. You know, and it may just be the medication, but fluid in their lungs is just astronomical. And they're just, the poor things, they've got mucus coming out of their face. It's awful. It's awful. And you can just tell that they, some of them have suffered. They've got burn marks on each side of their cheeks from the ventilators and things that are stuck to their face for weeks and weeks on end and we have to prepare the families and let them know he's got sores on his face you know we right. that kind of thing and these families sometimes haven't seen their loved one in over a month because once they go in they're not allowed to to visit right and so, and that and that's my point with with this whole COVID thing and and I'm not trying to get on a soapbox but guys take this seriously absolutely. this this is 
please listen to the doctors. Uh, maybe not all the politicians. Just listen to the doctors. Listen to everything else because you know it's it's so important that we all work together. You know, and and then I'm going to stop talking about that. My goodness, yes, especially what you just said because the, now they're talking about long term effects and how that affects people. And but let me let me get to let me get to some scary scary stuff. Have you had an experience? Maybe late at night when you're working late. Maybe have one or two more patients than you thought you'd have. Have you had any scary or spooky situation? Yeah. Oh, please yeah. tell me. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I work. I work late a lot. Actually, um, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of a floater just because I'm one of the bosses. I go in as needed, or you know, I'm up there during the day to get stuff done. But then I may come back for a few. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm. I'm going back. I got home about six thirty, and I'm actually going to go back here in a few hours just to embalm a couple more because we're so busy. I mean, this is unprecedented. I know people are tired of us saying that, but the death rate right now, I've never seen anything like it. And my mother has never seen anything like this. We have three coolers full of bodies right now. Oh my goodness, girl. And we just installed that third cooler and we're talking about a fourth. <laughs> so it's it's been it's been insane. So late at night, I'm there. I typically will listen to Jerry, Hillbilly Whore, or, you know. <laughs> Our friend Jerry and Tracy Polly, yes. <laughs> yeah, creepy pastas, you know, those type of things. I, I'm just, I'm just weird, I guess. No, but you know I, what? I, I like, like that you're weird. Back. No, I, I love that you're weird. Please be weird with me. Uh, we can yeah. be besties and we can have coffee in the yeah. morning and still be weird. Go ahead. Yes, of course. <laughs> So, I mean, there are a lot of, actually, you know what, just today, I was running through the hallway because, of course, I'm always back and forth, and there's funeral homes dropping off, and people coming in through the front to pick up cremated remains, and just all kinds of stuff going on. I was running through the hallway, and I happened to glance into our break room, which my mother, bless her heart, I love her, she has made that front office like a home. I mean, we have a dinner table. <laughs> we have oh my goodness. we could ever want. I mean, like, I, you could live there. You could live there. So um, I was running through the hallway um, up to the front to go grab a file for a funeral home, and I happened to glance into the break room, and I saw somebody sitting at the table, and I was like, who is that? And I and I backed myself up for a quick second, and look, there's nobody there. Nobody there. Wait, 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 wait. That happened today? <laughs> yeah, that just happened today, a few hours ago. Oh, my goodness. So do yeah. you get, okay, let me ask you this. Do you get a feeling? Are you at all sensitive or is it just one of those things where you're used to it and you just kind of see them and they're lost souls? What do you, what do you, what do you think you are and what do you think they are? They're just there. I mean, I think honestly, they're just there and they may see me as I might be the ghost running through the hallway. I, you know, in their dimension, I don't know, you know, so. No, I mean, I just, that's, that's there. a valid, that's a valid point. I mean, y you never yeah. know how they see us. No, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But um, we've had a couple of where we've had really, really traumatic cases come through. There was, I don't want to get too much into detail just because I don't want to give away any family. You know, sure. I, I don't want anybody to recognize anything. Totally understand. A very traumatic suicide come through quite a long time ago. Um, and there were things, uh, the, from the moment she came into our care, there were things that happened constantly. We would be out in the garage and hear something crash inside. We go inside and there's, uh, what was it? It was a, like a one of those plug-in things, but it was decorative and it had a top on it that sure. was a wax burner. Right. The whole top of it doesn't just slide off. You have to pick it up to take it off. It was thrown across the bathroom. What the heck? Are you kidding me? No. And my mom and I, we were, we were looking at each other and she goes, did you hear that? I said, yeah, I did. And nobody was inside. 
and so we we go running back there and look and she she's like oh my gosh Ashley look at this and she picked it up off the floor she goes there's no way this could have fallen off even if somebody had slammed a door and trust me we slammed all the doors because we were like wait a minute we've got to debunk this but no I mean oh my- stuff like that the top of the trash can flying off we've got uh, cameras in our back bay where the funeral homes drop off mm-hmm. constantly are marked as having movement when there's none this is like nuts <laughs> I mean and you know you don't even have to go and see Jerry and Tracy Polly at any of their places. You know, the Sally House. You've got a Sally House right there. <laughs> I've invited them. I said, you know, y'all come. You can do a podcast. Maybe not have guests, but, you know, y'all could maybe do a little podcast from our office area. So we can, can hear we, some things. We can do an investigation <laughs> and do a little EVP <laughs> session. That is hilarious. Right. No, because, you know, you have, I, I would assume these people who now are with you, and may have died tragically, maybe they don't even know they're gone, and they're wondering where the heck they are, and maybe angry or whatever. I'm hoping that when we go, we move on, and our subconscious, or our conscious moves on, and and all those things, but you wonder about the people that are just in limbo, not knowing what's going on. I don't even know if that's a thing, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's certainly interesting. When you tell me these stories, how can you not think that way? How can you not wonder about that? That's craziness. That's the crazy part. Yeah, that's the crazy part is you just don't know. And and I've never felt any type of foreboding or any type of doom feeling whenever I I have those experiences. It literally is just like, oh, like I walked in and I told our our lady to answer the phones. I said, I just saw somebody in the break room sitting there and there's no one there. She's like, oh, and that's pretty, you know, it just is what it is. And y'all are just like, whatever. Okay. Do you have the file? Okay. What, what's, what are we having for breakfast? Yeah. Whatever. What are we watching on TV for lunch? Yeah. That is hilarious. My mom, she'll kind of wiggle her eyebrows like, "Uh uh-huh. See, I told y'all, you know, she always, she always makes it a, a big deal. It's always funny, but there's always like when we're looking at the cremation machines and I'm watching the temperatures because you know you kind of have to babysit it a little bit um, as the bodies are going. Yeah, I will see shadows out of the corner of my eye walk behind me, and I'm thinking it's my mom. And I turn around, and talk to her. She, there's nobody out there. It's just me. Okay, see that? That's where I'm kind of going to draw the line and go. Okay, think I might <laughs> take a little exit here. But but talking about cremation versus open casket, is it? more of a cremation situation now or are there just as many open caskets now no the the cremation rate has actually exceeded 50 percent as of a couple years ago from what i understand um we are actually starting to see more cremations than we are the traditional funeral services now i've never worked in a funeral home and i never claimed to have worked in a funeral home but i can say that our cremation I mean, we've, we've only been open, our official opening, we've always ran little services, but our official Lone Star opening was in 20, I want to say it's 2017, and we've already done almost, I think it's like 3,500 cremations. Oh my goodness. So yeah, you, girl, that this is this is amazing. I mean, I'm so interested in this, and it, it's just so fascinating to me, and it does take a special kind of person to do this with, with anything that's a sensitive topic, uh, and not to... Uh, put anybody in a, in a weird situation or we'll, weird feeling about us talking about this because we're certainly not making light of this. This is something very serious, Absolutely. something very um, uh, personal to people. So, and I tell you what, I wish you lived closer because boy, when I go and hopefully many, many years from now, I'd like somebody like you to take care of me because 
you know, that's the kind of thing when you when you respect the bodies, even if they are sick with with the coronavirus or whatever the situation is, that you can still have that empathy and that feeling for people and take care of them and treat them with the kind of respect that obviously we would want when we go. So that's, that's very, that's, that's lovely of you. And it's obviously it's your calling. So I think it's amazing. Yes. So now let me ask you this. If it were you, what would your preference be when you go? Would you rather have something? Would you rather be um, not in an open casket and, and maybe cremated? Or what are your feelings on that? Well, um, to hear my husband tell it, he says that um, I'm going to be cremated because I'm straight from hell. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of yeah, that's the kind of jokes that we have here in this house. But um, <laughs> no, I honestly, I I would prefer not to be embalmed just because I just don't want to go through all I don't know I it's hard to think about your own and being on the other side of it because I feel like when people choose to embalm of course I don't judge them at all I'm happy to do it because I know I'll do it right and I you know we have all the resources to be able to help the families as much sure. as we can with right the, or the funeral homes but I don't know if I'd want to be embalmed um I think I would prefer maybe a natural burial um, which is something that can be done where there's no embalming you just you know you're cleaned up and if your family wants to see you they're able to see you embalming is not required in the state of texas and then you can just be laid to rest in a natural cemetery somewhere maybe a wicker basket with a bunch of flowers and that kind of thing right Um, right but if i had to think about it that's probably the way i would go but i mean there's just so many different ways i mean they even have aquamation now where you're basically cremated with water Oh, wow. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. And I've it's heard about... Texas yet, but. Well, I've heard about like the body farms. This is getting really macabre, isn't it? I've heard about the body <laughs> farm where they take the body and let it just kind of go back into the earth and they just let it decompose on its own, I guess. And I don't know right. if they do testing on it or what they do. Yeah. I'm not sure what they do. But yeah, so I've heard of that too. But girl, this has been fascinating and I may have to have you back because I didn't get sure. near the questions answered I wanted and uh, I know you have to go back and work yourself so you need some time off I mean I literally called you 30 minutes after you got home so God bless oh, you girl no, that's, that's <laughs> the life of the funeral director though you go home and you think you're gonna get some rest you get a phone call or something happens you gotta get up so no that's it's it's fine this is this is what we do and I'd be happy to share any time um now, and I'm not a, I'm not an expert, but if there's anything, you know, I'm always happy. Absolutely no, here. and it's and it's lovely, and it's and it's nice to hear you know someone who's so passionate about it um, and speak so kindly. We don't have a whole lot of that in this world anymore, so it's nice to hear someone yeah. be so lovely. And no, and seriously, if there are people in the Houston area, not that you need the need the work at all. But if there are people in the Houston area that would like to um, know more about your company, tell us the name of it again. It's Lone Star Mortuary and Cremation. Okay. It's and, the it, full name. and it's located in Houston, Texas. And it's a family, guys, it's a family-owned business for two generations. These people love it. So I tell you what, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been so, I mean, just inspiring, actually, which you wouldn't believe that. But (laughs) it's just been so interesting, too. And I tell you what, I think I need to have you back. But, girl, I appreciate you so much. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. And anytime. If you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review. It'll help my podcast out and more people will be able to listen. Also, I am a novelist and write paranormal romance. All my books are available on amazon.com, so check me out. 
And you can also reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you guys all for your support and I'll talk to you next week.